0: Trust me when I have given you something to say. Another page in this theme of trust and the Lord's heart toward us. Trust me, he may be saying to some of us this morning, very specifically, very directly at this point in our lives. Trust me. When I have given you something to say. One of the names the Lord Jesus is referenced by in Scripture is the word logos or the word word, word, the word of God, Jesus. Sometimes, And I believe it happens way more than we realize. Sometimes the Lord calls us to partner with Him in speaking His Word into lives, into situations, into settings. Trust me when I have given you something to say. Now, that may be in your family. That may be a family setting. That may be to someone specific who perhaps has wielded authority and leveraged influence and is the door opener and the door closer in categories of the family's life. And you find yourself in that scary place of feeling like there's something working inside you that you need to say to her or to him. The Lord doesn't just speak to us necessarily or impress us with things that have to do with with spiritual settings or Christian settings or church kind of settings. He cares about you On Tuesday at noon, it matters to him how things are going on Thursday morning. It it, it affects him, the condition of your heart, and what's going on in your life on Saturday. And we can find repeated examples in the scripture of how the Lord gave to men and women specific impressions as to what his will would be, what his what his word was for a situation. It might have been how to conduct a battle. It might have been how to design a building. How to build a boat, thank you very much. You know. Influence, um, uh, instruction even, given to, to a prominent uh, political rulers, leaders, as to how to conduct their administration in such a way that the people wouldn't starve, i.e. Joseph and Pharaoh. It's an awesome thing when the Lord chooses you to whisper in your ear something that he wants you in his timing and in his way To say. These words from Jesus talking about the words that he would speak are very significant. John chapter 6, verse 63. He says, It is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. But he says, The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. The source is the spirit, and the result is life. Everywhere Jesus would speak, New Testament, Old Testament, even before the Bible was written and when he spoke to the chaotic universe, this planet called Earth that was in all manner of chaos. When he spoke, it was that he spoke moved by the Spirit of God for the specific purpose of accomplishing life in the objects, the people to whom he spoke. Now, that's just so encouraging when you find yourself being one of those candidates that it just seems like it may really be that God is putting something in me to say. And I'm not a professional speaker. These particular people scare me. That setting is above my pay grade. I don't even want to mess with this, but I can't deny the fact that something is working inside me to say if you can grab a hold of this truth that which is from jesus to your heart will be by means of his spirit not native to you not generated by you not necessarily come up with by you not necessarily making sense to you but from his spirit and the goal is life not death, not imprisonment, not an overbearing structure, but life which carries with it freedom, freedom. The understanding needs to be clear, though, that if he puts something like that in you, he's working a word, working something that you need to say, need to speak into a situation, understand that. You will, be, you will be confronting some measure of status quo that will resist the word that speaks of change, that speaks of hope, that speaks of a future. It could be fear. Fear is scared to move. Fear is scared to contemplate something different. It could be any, a, 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 a structure, a, a structure that's in place but what you have to say flies in the face of maybe what would be the comfortable status quo for the structure. To, to understand that there's something working in you to say is also synonymous with the understanding that it will take some force, force in order for the word that you're speaking to be accomplished. Sometimes that force is benign. Sometimes that force doesn't, you know, it's just like the Pillsbury Doughboy. You just, you just poke it and it just kind of comes back out. Just feel better. It doesn't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't ball up a fist and come after you. But sometimes, sometimes just because you dare to come forth with something that's different than what's always been, maybe a family line, maybe a business, maybe a relationship. There can be a cost that goes along with that. That by the work of the Lord, his spirit alive in us, he strengthens us to be able to take because our eyes on the goal and the goal is the life that will come out as a result of speaking the word of the Lord. I'm not saying that the Lord's still writing scripture, but I am still saying but the Lord still speaks to his people. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And what do they do? They follow me. Let me give you a couple of um, determinants for whether or not what's going on is, is you and just something you feel like needs to be said and you've had enough of it and you just can't stand it anymore and whatever or Or is it the Lord? Is it the Lord? Is the Lord saying, trust me, I've given you something to say. Sometimes the Lord does that with wives needing to say something to husbands. Husbands needing to say something to wives. uh, The matriarch of a clan, the patriarch of a clan, the, the ones, on and on and on and on we can go. Here's the the first thing to keep in mind. How to know it's His Word. The sense is clear. The sense of what it is that needs to be said is clear. There could be volumes written on the subject, but as, as it relates to a particular situation that you're dealing with, it's just real clear. Clear as a nose on your face we would say. It's clear. It's clear. You fix that and it would correct things. You add this to and it would help. Whatever it be, but it's clear. It's the first thing. The second one is, it just won't go away. What's cooking inside you just won't go away. In fact, if anything, as time goes on, it gets stronger, and you might even say it gets worse. It can be difficult to be in the setting without this one main theme rising up and this difficulty containing yourself and saying something, but hesitating because you're not sure it's the right time or not sure you'd say it in the right way, but you can't deny the fact that it isn't going Uh, folks, I really hope you'll listen to this, not on some kind of a shallow, superficial uh, preacher entertainment session, but in, in, the place, in the places where we really live, where we, where we really, really, really are and we live. Is there something working in our hearts and our spirits that could very well be the Spirit of God whispering in your ear, having picked you out to be his voice. He chose your lips, chose your tongue to speak his heart for the purpose of, not maybe the immediate reaction you get, but for the purpose of the end result, which is life, life. Keep your eye on life. Keep your eye on the goal. And we don't back up. I'll show you Jeremiah, if you would. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. We, uh, or excuse me, excuse me, Jeremiah 20. Jeremiah chapter 20 before 29. Jeremiah is one of the considered one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. He's called also the weeping prophet. He he would, as you're fixing to see, he, 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 just, he just lets the Lord have it sometimes out of his humanity. And, and, and yet the Lord didn't strike him dead or seal his lips. You know, he, the Lord kept speaking through him, but he was honest with the Lord. we got to let that in, folks, that, that, that the Lord can handle our honesty. He can handle our transparency. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, That means everything's seen, nothing covered, nothing in a closet, nothing hidden. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So whatever is sin, whatever is wrong, but it's in the light, there's mercy, there's forgiveness, there's covering for it. But if we keep trying to not talk about it and not deal with it and not bring it up, then it can stay and cook in a sour way inside of us. Honesty. Listen to this. This is is Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. Oh, Lord, thou hast deceived me. Stop right there. You're supposed to be the God of truth. You're supposed to be the God of wisdom. You're supposed to be the God of life. This is his, and it's in your Bible. Lord, you have deceived me. That's what he felt like. And I was deceived. Thou hast overcome me and prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For each time I speak, I cry aloud. I proclaim violence and destruction, the impending judgment coming upon all of Israel because of the sins of the people. Because for me, the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. But if I say, I will not remember him or speak anymore in his name, I've done it with prophet status. I'm out of here. Here's my prophet badge. I give you my mantle back. I'm not going to remember God and I'm not going to take up anything else he ever told me to say again. I'm done. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. (laughs) But if I do that, then in my heart, it becomes like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones, and I'm weary of holding it in, and I cannot endure it. Back to, again, how you know if something is from the Lord that he wants you to say you'll know clearly what it is, and it won't go away. Even if you weigh the repercussions, even if you stack up all the reasons why somebody else could do a better job of this than me, all of that doesn't let you off the hook. I know that sounds dark and foreboding and heavy. I keep In mind the goal what is it my words are spirit and they are life you can't expect those who are the ones who necessarily are caught up in the in the way of death and the movement toward death and destruction to be to be thrilled with what might be said as the way of life It it presupposes that. My words are spirit and my words are life, which means ones who are not wanting to be led by or hear anything given by the Spirit of God are not going to particularly embrace it immediately. And those who don't care about life, can't expect them to embrace it either. But if he's chosen you, if he's chosen you as a partner, He's calling you to trust him because he's cooking something inside of you. God doesn't waste any time. There's no useless, fruitless energy with him. Even further, even bigger than you could ever imagine are the results of the word that will come through you into situations and into people's lives. So how how certain can we be that if what I speak will do any good? If it's just you talking, it may not. If it's just me jabbering, it may not. But anybody in this room who thinks even remotely You might be connected with the theme of this message this morning. I want you to get as quick as you can to Isaiah chapter 55. Just get there quick. I want you to mark these words. Isaiah chapter 55, starting in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. The Lord is speaking through Isaiah. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher, verse 9, higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth through the mouths of my servants we could also honestly insert which goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what desire what I desire and without succeeding in the matter which I said. If it is the Lord's heart, if you're speaking something that is is engendered by the Spirit and the result is life, then you can count on the fact in God's timing, in God's ways, just like the rains that we had a few weeks ago came down on parched ground, just bare dirt. And within just a few more days, there was stuff starting to break up through that stubborn sod, as the song says. And, and you could almost watch the grass grow right after you mow it. It's like filling up your yard again. The Lord's saying, you look at what happens when the rains come. That's how you to note what happens when my word goes forth. It may not be immediate, may not be instantaneous. But as certain as the rains produce a fertile crop, so my word will accomplish the purpose that it has been sent. So if he's invited us, if he's called us to partner with him on something that he wants spoken, it's that assurance that works in us that I'm not the one who has to produce the result it's not up to me to make it happen. God will do it if it's his word. And Lord, I'm just, I'm just near about convinced it is your worth something from you because this thing's keeping me awake at night. It's something I think about at other times during the day. It seems to be just as clear as, as, a, as a nose on my face as to what this needs to be. So Lord, if it's you, If it's your heart if this is what you want said then lord i ask you to give me by the power of your spirit the ability to say it in a way that honors you proverbs 3 solomon speaking to the younger ones who would come along we get proverbs 3 5 and 6 trust in the lord with all your heart lay not on your own understanding all your ways acknowledge him He will direct your paths. But in that same context, he says to his young ones listening, get this one, boys. Write this one down. Bind kindness and truth about your neck. Do not let them depart from you, for in so doing, you will find favor with God and with man bind kindness bind kindness together with truth loyalty, faithfulness honesty you bind them around your neck and it it encompasses what we're talking about here that even if you have to say something that you know is going to go diametrically opposed to what somebody would want to hear or the the pattern of things if it is spoken somehow with kindness in your heart don't don't be thinking all the time about how the preacher said it on Sunday, because I'm spitting and throwing things and stomping and you know don't don't let this be your model. But in a way that would be unique to you and genuine to you and would express a genuine, honest compassion for love for respect for the one you're having to speak it to. In tones that that would work consistent with that heart, with words that are, that, that are, are framed with, with the, the, the longing for relationship to continue and go on, for that, for that all to be a part of it. You, you, bind, it's just, you bind kindness around your heart. When you show up, let folks be seeing you as a kind person, but also let them be seeing you as a person of truth. Speak The truth in law. The Lord says that. Speak the truth in law. There are a whole series of settings into which we're given instruction from the Scripture. I just won't take time to get into... All of those this morning of, of how the Lord will, will will set us up and set us into places where maybe it 's a, it's a chaotic situation or maybe the, maybe the situation is, is where there is it's a delusional thing and, and th- that would be jeremiah twenty nine where where the prophet is having to go and address the, the false prophets and false ideas about how long the people are going to be in captivity and it 's that famous verse jeremiah twenty nine eleven that I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for not for calamity, but to give you a future and a hope. That is, that is preceded by him saying, you're going to be there 70 years. You, 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 go, you, you, you marry your sons and marry your daughters off, and you have families, and you build houses, and you pray for the peace of, 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 of the city where you are, Babylon, because you're going to be there for a while. At the end of 70 years, I will accomplish my good work for you. Now that that was the word that Jeremiah was having to say. When he had all these other prophets going going off on the thing we're just going to be here, you know, for another 2 or 3 days or by Christmas next year or excuse me, Hanukkah next year, you know, will we'll all this stuff will be worked out. But Jeremiah was moved upon by the Lord. It was clear in his mind. That's that's not true. That's delusional. Here is the truth. You're going to be there for a while. Settle down, pray for God's blessing to be on the place where you are, and keep this in mind. The Lord is saying, I have plans for you, yeah. not for destruction, not for death, but to give you a future and a hope. Sometimes we're called to speak truth into a place that is delusional. So sometimes we're called to confront hypocrisy. Well you read that Galatians chapter two and and I I remember from a second-year Greek class at Southwestern Seminary, they're trying to take us through some of the more challenging parts of the New Testament and help us with our translation skills and so forth. And they took us to Galatians chapter two, and and it's 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 called because Paul gets so upset in his writing. That he's not able to, to move in complete sentences, which is very unusual for Paul. Though he would write long, we would call them run-on sentences, they were all connected. But you go to Galatians chapter 2, and he's dealing with that part about Cephas, or Simon Peter, coming to where he was. And for the first part that Simon, was, Simon Peter was there, he, he was fellowshipping with the Gentile believers. The ones who had come to know Christ, but they were still Gentiles. They were uncircumcised, but they were believers in Jesus. And the Apostle Paul had felt very clearly and very strongly that that the the commitment was to Christ, not to some religious exercise. So circumcision or uncircumcision, he would say, matters not. It's, It's trusting in Jesus that matters. So Simon Peter shows up, and he's just having a good time with the uncircumcised Gentile believers until a group that Paul references, the party of the circumcision from Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem, Showed up. And he said, as soon as Peter saw that this group had shown up, the party of the circumcision showed up, he he stopped having any fellowship with the Gentile believers for fear of the circumcision. I wanted to make sure that they thought he was still an apostle in good standing. And I mean, Brother Paul lit in to Brother Peter tore him up. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm stretching it a little bit, but as, as much as is possible, for one apostle possible tear into another apostle. I mean, down to the very thing, you, you, are, you are making a mockery of that which Jesus Christ came to die for. It's not Jesus plus circumcision, Jesus plus baptism, Jesus plus church membership, Jesus plus giving X number of dollars to the church. It's Jesus, period. Jesus only. Jesus always. That's our hope. So, well, you know, you would applaud. I don't, think, I don't think Peter was real thrilled about it there for a while. As time went on, though, their relationship became strong and deep. And they're serving the Lord shoulder to shoulder as they ended this life and would encourage one another and speak favorably of one another. But for that point in time, the Lord had... Whispered into Paul's ear. You gotta speak this for me. But Paul could have said, But he's Peter. I mean, you said something about the rock and the church and all that kind of thing. You said some things now. But he's off. The Lord would say, I'm I'm choosing you to speak the truth. Just just Cut through the sham of hypocrisy. Just, don't assume that if you, if, if you don't speak the truth or if you do speak the truth, he'll resist you. He'll resent you. You, you assume the best. You assume that, that the spirit of life in those words will connect with the spirit of life in Peter, and he'll come to the middle. He'll meet you, which he did. Sometimes this business of us being afraid to say things and hesitant about delivering a word, or you know, that's, maybe, that's maybe making it too spiritual. Just, just saying what you feel like you got to say, and it passed the sniff test. It's specific, and it's not going away. Even though you've asked the Lord to, to take it away, show them, get somebody else to do it, but it still keeps cooking inside you. Knowing that his goal life knowing that his goal is freedom knowing that the goal is the best and a future and expansion and good it keeps us on the on the track it keeps us on the trail 30 years ago when our two daughters were as little as they were, and the thought that because I was trying to say some things that I felt like the Lord wanted me to say, it was angering some folks in the leadership of a, another church in town, and it didn't help anything that it was live TV every Sunday morning at eleven o'clock. Didn't. But you know, and this this isn't this isn't anything about this person. but it's everything about the truth that I'm trying to say to you is found in this that when the Lord puts something in you to say and it doesn't go away, He energizes you. He gives you strength that you don't have in any other place than wanting to obey him in that, in that very spot the clouds of trouble continued to gather. And, but the only thing I remember, and I was just talking about this, this week, the only thing I remember is the Lord just saying to me, to my, and I'm not, I'm not talking audible stuff or you know, handwritten in a cloud somewhere, but to my spirit, I just felt like I heard him say, trust me, trust me. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm I'm fixing to be fired, kicked through the goalposts of life with two babies and a wife and a house payment. And you want me to trust you? But even as I would say that, that would be the sense that that's that's the only thing I could do. Only thing I could do is trust him. My dear brother, my dear sister, if all you've got is a sense in your heart that the Lord Jesus is saying to your spirit, trust me, you are going to be just fine. You're not looking natural. You're not looking physical. My words, Jesus would say, they are spirit. And they are life. Spirit. Life. The key is <laughs> to make sure it's the Lord's Word and not my temper tantrum, you know? I, 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 I risked it in the early service this morning. I, I challenged husbands and wives to, you know, just kind of close the door and lock themselves in and just ask the question to each other. Is there something that you need to say to me? One of the saddest things, the saddest things about marriages and folks getting older in marriage, Shirley and I have had a chance to watch this for well over 40 years now, is when instead of a marriage growing into a loving partnership, more of a colleague kind of arrangement, it's increasingly becoming a hierarchy. And the one who's at the top of the food chain thinks everything's fine, everything's going good because he or she has never crossed. They don't ever have to be challenged with whether it was right or wrong because nobody ever challenges for whatever reason. And so this one thinks everything's going great, everything's fine, and this one down here is dying a slow death by degrees and I've lost count of how many couples 20 years 30 years 40 years into marriage are no more as couples and the one at the top of the food chain cannot figure it out I was doing everything I thought everything was great everything was fine but he or she did not have a clue that this was a world dominion here this was dominion this was dominance and this one Starving. It doesn't it's not supposed to be that way. Not supposed to be that way. But in order to get out of that, I'm gonna hold my Bible and all this up in front of you, so try to think. somebody's gotta say to somebody else, you're killing me. You're strangling me. You're shutting me down. You're belittling me. Okay, Shirley could stand up, give her a microphone, and we have had to have those talks. And I'm so grateful that Alamo City was a free enough setting where you didn't expect the pastor and the pastor's wife to be perfect uh, role models in every area of behavior. Sometimes we would just have to ask for prayer. I, mean, I can't figure this out. But, boy, I'm going to tell you, God has used her to speak into this old hard-headed, think-I-got-it-figured-out guy in ways that have absolutely changed me. I'm a sweeter guy now. Not, I know all I wouldn't say that. The kids might say, huh, what is this? No, but I'm telling you, But if you don't have anybody ever challenge you, you can can keep being the knuckle-headed hardhead you've always been. Somebody needs to love you enough to challenge that. If we walk in the light, this is one of Shirley's favorite verses. I thought she was going to go into songwriting with this. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other. That means nothing hidden, nothing covered, nothing not discussed. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, cornoneal with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Trust me when I've given you something to say. Remembering my words are spirit and my words are life. My words are life. My words are life. Lord, thank you for your word. We're humbled to our faces at the thought that you would choose us to partner with in speaking your word. Lord, where you are stirring us, where you are working something in us, even right now this day, will you please help us to understand that it's it's you by the fact that it's not going away. It's clear, specific, but it is like a fire in our bones. Maybe not an open flame, but coals. It's there and it's warm. Help us to understand that it is life. It is life. I pray for courage, Lord, for ones to do what you're calling us to do. Thank you, Lord, for ones who have run the risk of losing a relationship with us by speaking truth, by speaking into our lives. Thank you for those friends. Thank you for the ones who have loved us in that way. Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. We receive that, Lord. Help us to be better at it. Help us to be better at receiving when we need to hear what we need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen.